The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to a new episode of the Shaken and Stirred Show. I'm Nigel Barker in New York City, and I'm not with my co-host this week. My co-host is stuck in France of all places. I mean, talk about an excuse for not being on the Shaken and Stirred Show. Although it turns out that this episode is a little different than other ones, in as much as we're going deep into tequila country, people. Yep, this is my episode. I own it. And if you are a Shaken and Stirred Show fan, you know that Tom the Snapper is not a big tequila fan. So the fact that he's stuck in France and he sent me a picture with a beautiful sunset is really no surprise at all. In fact, he's probably just drinking his burgundy right now, laughing at me thinking, you know what, you can stick to your tequila yourself. But for all of you guys out there who love a good tequila, this is the episode for you. We have not just any old tequila, we're talking about a tequila shaken or perhaps stirred with basketball. Now, I'm not going to give too much away just yet, but in the world of celebrity tequilas, basketball and tequila, there's really only one that's at the top right now. And we're going to get right into the meat of it. But before we get there, I'm not going to break on tradition. What am I drinking? Well, what are you guys drinking out there? Hopefully you're going to mix yourself up a tequila drink. You can hear my ice clinking in my glass. I decided to go very classic. I went with a margarita. And we all, you know, I've talked about margaritas before on the show. It's been a while since I've had one. It's a, it's really a classic, but it's mostly a classic, not in Mexico, but here in the US and internationally. Originally created in the 1930s, apparently, but perhaps got its name from movie stars, what have you. There's a lot of mystery and story and myth and legend around the margarita, but it is essentially tequila. I like to use a reposado. Some people use a blanca or a silver. Um, and it's two parts to triple, one part triple sec. And I think that's too strong, one part. So I do half, half an ounce of triple sec. I like Cointreau. Sometimes I use Grand Marnier. Uh, there's a lot of different ones you can use. Some people just literally squeeze orange in. And I know people, instead of putting lime juice, which is the classic for a margarita, it is tequila, triple sec, and lime juice. Some people just use orange juice or orange zest. Uh, that is really, that's what gives it that specific flavor for a margarita. It is, in fact, the triple sec and the sour. It is a sour to keep, it's sour um, cocktail and truly delicious. You know, the name margarita, if you translate it in Spanish, means daisy. And a daisy cocktail is one of the classics as well. And it simply is a liqueur with citrus and simple syrup, right? So really that is exactly what you you find in a margarita except of course we actually have tequila not just any old liquor right so that's the big difference there um one of my favorites so before we move on to our guests guests you heard the s there like i said this is an unusual episode this is i may not have my co-host but we have many people joining us so <laughs> get ready strap yourself in but before we get there Booze news. Oh yeah, booze news. And we're talking basketball once again on the Shaken and Stirred show. This episode, basketball and tequila. That's what it's all about. Draymond Green drops $5,000 on a bottle of DRC wine to celebrate his teammate, Steph Curry. The Golden State's warrior, Steph Curry, has made the NBA's 75th anniversary team 
and uh, Draymond Green is pulling out all the stops apparently. Um, so says uh, Vine Pair, and also yeah, I've looked this up on ABC and it's everywhere, but they went out and they got themselves a bottle of DRC and the DRC is short for Demain de la Romane Conti and it's one of the most fabled producers in Burgundy in France. It's made entirely of Pinot Noir grapes and it averages on I guess around $5,000 a bottle. Now it's not their first time enjoying a bottle of this DN DRC um, but rather, you know, I, I guess when it comes to price, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess one of their, who's the guy who's picking up the tab now? Apparently, Joe Lacob is picking up the tab. The franchise owner um, is picking up the tab. So I guess if someone else is paying for it, who cares how much it costs? Now, Steph is reported saying to ABC that he hopes that every glass I have, I can manifest that same experience. Whether it's $8,000, $800, $80 a bottle, whatever it is, but you hear, but when you hear that $8,000 cork pop, it's a little different feeling for sure. Well, Steph, I'm glad you know what that sounds like. I don't think I've ever had a $5,000 bottle of uh, Burgundy, and um, but I can imagine. I can imagine it's an amazing experience. So people, there you go. In the world of booze news, $5,000 bottles are being drunk right now on the court. Talking of the court, basketball that is, let's move over to our extraordinary guests. Well, we have an episode today like we've never had before. We have three illustrious guests who all have one thing in common, tequila. Please welcome CEO and founder of Cinco Spirits, aka Cincora Tequila, Emiliana Fazolari. I gotta get your name right, Emilia. Emilia, Emilia Fazolari. Yeah, I have butchered your name over and over again every time <laughs> I say it. It's the most beautiful name and I don't think I've ever actually said it right once. <laughs> This is, you know, when you're English, you're just appalling at saying anything other than what sounds incredibly English. Anyway, her husband and co-founder is with us as well. And he's also the owner of the Boston Celtics, Wick Grousebeck. And it's Grousebeck or Grousebeck? You can take your pick. As long as you're talking to me, Nigel, I'm happy. You see, look at that. Again, the English butcher a name and we get away with it. This is what happens, people. I could probably rename their tequila right now and it, that's what it's going to be called. And although I'm probably not sure that's actually going to be the case. And the Sincora chief tequila expert, Chris Spake. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Super excited to be here. How nice. So, so, so lovely to have you. You know, I met you guys sort of a while ago at the Make-A-Wish uh, event gala. You were very generous. You donated tequila. Um, I had actually enjoyed your tequila beforehand uh, at several friends' houses over the summer. That's when I first got to hear about it and know about it. It was sort of making the rounds. Everyone was drinking it. I was excited to sort of meet you, hear, hear about the story. And Amelia, when I first met you, you were in your closet. I was, <laughs> true, I was in my closet. <laughs> we talked about Sincoro and how it all started. It was fun. It was crazy. It was <laughs> funny, such a funny, funny story because you know I, I meet people in a lot of places, but we all know guys on Zoom, we're meeting in the strangest of places, if not with fake and artificial backgrounds. But before we get going, we start this show every time with asking everybody what they're drinking. Now with you guys, I guess that's kind of a redundant question because we know what you're drinking. But let us tell us what you are drinking, what type of Sincoro and how you're mixing it perhaps. This is one of my favorite expressions, the Blanco, and I love it with one large ice cube and a slice of orange. Mm, and it's and just a slice of orange. Why orange, not lime? No, I like the uh, sweetness that the orange brings 
to our, our taste profile. It really is very complimentary. And Wick, what are you doing? I am uh, I'm at the other end of our expression spectrum, another gold medal winning expression or extra anejo. I like to sip this neat at the end of the day. Um, I might have a little anejo with dinner, but then a little bit of extra to top everything off for, for a special, very special occasion. And, and, and Wick, you, you're probably one of the few people who could actually afford to do that because that, what is it, $1,600 a bottle, you know, ending the day in that sort of way, I dream of doing it and I, was by the way sent this very little bottle <laughs> oh no no bottle aftershave bottle of your extra so i haven't tried it yet i've saved it for this day. I've been waiting nice. it, and it comes with a security guard it was chained to his wrist yeah yeah it's a cute bottle but this is what the extra añejo actually looks like so people all of you listening to the podcast who's not not watching it it's a stunning bottle and we're going to talk about the actual um and, and by the way you can watch this on youtube so anyone who wants to watch the podcast in full it's available on youtube anyone listening right now we're going to talk about the actual shape and design and the origin of the design of the bottle but it is gorgeous um and it's a fully dark bottle and it has sort of little leaves leaves it looks like going up the top um, but we'll get into that for sure. But before we get there, Chris, what are you drinking? I'm drinking what we call the Maple Fire Old Fashioned. And we like this drink because whiskey drinkers love it. Um, it's, uh, it's an old fashioned. And then it has a little bit of a tincture of maple syrup with some Fresno chilies that it's been soaked in. And then a couple dashes of Angostura bitters. And so the maple syrup and the and the chili pepper kind of complement the tequila because it's got a little bit of maple flavor too. And then the heat comes from it. And it's just a wonderful, nice drink to have either before or after dinner. That's maple fire old fantastic. I've never actually heard of that being made with tequila before. That's a first for me. You'll find, Nigel, and I know you've tasted it. And by the way, you helped auction off one of our special bottles to raise uh, money for a fantastic charity. And you were the host of the entire event. So I think you've really very uh, humbly uh, downplayed your role in doing good in the community. But we were glad to be part of it. And what did that bottle go for? Was that $12,000? So um, $12,000. Yeah. So there you go, people. You did great that, that night. That was very. Um, so I just want the people to know, watching and listening, that Nigel uh, really gives back to the community. And we were really honored to meet him in that context. You know what we could do? We could change this entire podcast around. And I could just sit here and you guys could absolutely tell me about how amazing I am, <laughs> how generous I am. I could really go for that. It has been a while. Wait. We could do that. Right. We're good at that. It's easy to do with you. Yeah. See, Wick is trying to, he's trying to butter me up, people, and, and he, he thinks I'm an easy pushover, but, you know, if anyone knows me, I start to smell, you know, something suspect yeah. is happening here, okay. but I want to, I would love to get into the story, because I heard a bit about the story from Amelia, who talked about how it started, I want everyone to know, because it's, you know, you guys, you, you own a, a basketball team, but it's, you're not, this is not the only basketball team involved in this tequila, there are four different teams right involved there's five founders and you guys are really normally at odds with one another on the court but you are friends in, in person and how did you come about actually saying okay we're going to collaborate and create a tequila i mean that's a big leap right you know i think the common thread isn't just being you know competitors on the court but it's sort of why would you get into being part of a basketball team or a pro sports team or something like that and it's to go and sort of be the best you can be and be part of a team and sort of go all the way. And is there a championship at the end? Is there sort of doing it as well as it can be done um, and with good luck involved? And so 
that drives us all and Amelia's the same way. And so the five of us got together around an NBA event. It was a, a you know, a committee that I was on with Jeannie Buss of the Lakers, with Wes Edens of, of the Milwaukee Bucks, the current world champions, and Michael Jordan, clearly the greatest, you know, uh, of all time. And one of the, really the greatest, one of the greatest people you can possibly meet. He, each of these people are just fabulous. And they were friends of mine. And when they met Amelia, we were dating at the time and, and, and Amelia suggested we all have dinner and that was it. So uh, she can take the story over from there, but it was, it was just a bond. We became really sort of a family, but there's a common thread of trying to do things right and trying to give back along the way. And so that's really sort of at the heart of Syncor. Before I, before I, Amelia, you jump on that. I just want to say that if I got either of your names wrong, I'm not, I don't feel quite as bad right now after you just called him Michael Gordon. I was hoping that just slid right by. Michael Gordon's a fabulous <laughs> basketball player in his own right. <laughs> I hope you're listening because that just shows what a little tequila can do. You're right. I started with a G there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's okay. Like you said, I don't anyway. Let's let's get into the story, shall we? Or we could just edit that out. Let's let's you know do the equivalent of Photoshop. Let's uh, I mean, you know, garage uh, band it. No, 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 but seriously, we it was the summer of 2016 when uh, we all decided to get together for dinner, and something really magical happened that night. We we are uh, four NBA rivals for sure, and there's a lot of trash talking that goes on amongst us during the season for sure. And um, we did beat Michael's team the other night, and I. Still waiting for the congratulations text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then well, and and Wes didn't have a ring until most recently, and so uh, Wick used to give him a lot of grief about not having ring, a ring. Now he has one, and now he's uh, definitely flaunting yeah. it. And... We're going to Wes's birthday party this weekend, and I will have this on. We're <laughs> <laughs> going to give him the finger. I get yeah. it. Ring, right. yeah. So anyway, something really special happened that night. We bonded together as friends and it was really over a shared love for tequila and we uh we talked a lot about what we loved in tequila we all love tequila and we wanted to create uh we talked about like pretty quickly creating our own tequila that was really really special and different and unique and unlike anything else that's on the market and and um we, uh, after that one dinner in the summer of 2016, we had so much fun. We decided to get together again. Every time there was an NBA meeting in New York, we would organize a dinner and we'd get together and we'd have lots of tequila and we'd talk about how we're going to create this amazing, tasting, delicious tequila. And that went on for about a good seven or eight months. And so it really gave the team and uh, the group an opportunity to bond together as one team. And so we had built this really special relationship based on, you know, you know, mutual respect and and love for one another and this goal of trying to create the most delicious tasting tequila and we wanted something very very specific and um so we set out to do that, that sorry to jump on you but do you did you know a little bit i mean you said you wanted to create a very specific tequila at that moment I mean, I, you know, everyone wants to make a special drink when they make a drink, right? Whenever it is, but it's hard, right? So what, what did you know what that was? Or did you just know you wanted to make it different? I'm just no, curious. We, knew, we knew the probably the biggest um, characteristic 
that we started to focus on was the smoothness. We didn't want it to have that traditional agave burn. We wanted it to be very smooth on the palate. We wanted it to have a very long, beautiful finish, like a fine cognac or a bourbon. We wanted it to have a beautiful bouquet, a beautiful nose, and the aged expressions needed to have a gorgeous color. And those were really the four characteristics that we focused on. And so when we set out to do this, we found that it was quite challenging to get all four at the level that Wick was talking about the best. And so it took us three years and we created over a thousand tequilas, literally. And we would get together and sample a table full of tequilas. And we'd have usually four different uh, four different uh, samples for each expression. We'd have a spreadsheet. We'd have, we'd rank them. We'd talk about them. We'd taste them. And we'd go back. And in fact, in the early days, um, we selected four of the most awarded distilleries in Jalisco to work with us. And one of them right away, I felt, I think we were just too high maintenance <laughs> because it was well, they're challenging. It was I mean, we said we don't want what you've already made and we're respectful of the traditions that go back centuries of tequila, but we're seeing tequila evolve in, in front of us. And there are very strict rules on how you make it and it's all inspected. And, uh, you know, there, but there are ways that over 300 years, you know, they've learned how to bring out different characteristics, but we wanted, you know, really a new, but still authentically made. And so it's a challenge. And so. Right. And so we wanted to really work. It's not high maintenance we, so much as we aspiration. It was very aspirational and we wanted to create something unique. And, um, and By the way, I can't imagine that, you know, basketball legends and, and, and team owners are high maintenance at all. No, no, yeah. really <laughs> aspirational, purely. Yeah, well, well, podcast and, hosts, and, quite and, frankly, podcast hosts can be really the, the worst. But. <laughs> well, <laughs> absolutely right there. We, we, in this journey, we met some incredible people and formed some beautiful relationships with our partners in Mexico, um, our glass manufacturer and our distillery. And we worked together as a team with our distillery over a three-year period to really perfect this very unique, approachable taste profile. And uh, we felt when we landed it, uh, we were at actually Michael's house at our last tasting and we knew we had something really special that we liked, that the five of us liked. And we thought, you know, this is good. Uh, we need to get a, a few more people on board with our taste profile and see if they like it too. And, and that's where we really started the journey of forming the company and meeting with distributors and, and um, select, you know, um, putting our, uh, our liquids into, um, submitting them into uh, the competitions and seeing how that turned out, which was, we were really excited to see that a lot of the, go ahead. No, I love it. It's like when Harry met Sally, you know, when you have the couples together and they kind of <laughs> nudge one another, it's sort of, I, I'll, I love I'll, I'll have what she's having. Is that, the, was exactly. that <laughs> what she's having? Exactly. This is hilarious. And I, it's, it couldn't be more perfect. One finishes off the other sentence and jumps in. It's brilliant. Um, you, you know, you mentioned thousands of tastings. Now, you know, other than the fact that sounds incredibly fun, and I wish I could do that, um, is the fact that, you know, with wine tasting, you know, you're, you, you smell it, you taste it, and you spit it, right? It, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming with a thousand tastings, you were probably doing a bit of that, or were you not? You're looking like you said, the facial expression saying not so much, we which- a lot of spitting. Uh, we liked most of the ones we tasted, but no, we, uh, we we were method we were very serious and very methodical about it. 
um, it was a lot of fun, but it's it's been, um, you know. How do you taste it then, Amelia? I mean, if you're not spitting it out, if you, and, and this is just to be practical here, surely, and I've done, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people who've made a lot of alcohols in the past, and they do talk about how, obviously, in the tasting process, even if you are spitting it out, sort of towards the end, everything starts to taste rather good because, you, you know, you've drunk a few, and, and, you know, and you're like, and tequila of all drinks, it's an upper, you're, you know, one of the few, um, and, and it's a, such a party fun drink to have that, yeah, I would imagine that towards the sort of at the end of any day, you're probably thinking, oh, this ain't bad. This is pretty, this is yeah, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we weren't tasting thousands at one point, right? We had a very select group and it was, you know, and, and Celia actually, one of uh, the proprietor of our distillery ran through a very official tasting with us and taught us how to taste properly. There was some but spitting. It just wasn't the predominant mode, yeah. but, you know, we, we tried to stay, uh, but that is probably why it took three years. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And, I, and actually, you probably, that's why, that's the high maintenance. It wasn't so much high maintenance. You were just having too much fun. It was like, let me just do this tasting bit over and over again, because it's actually really, uh, you know, a big part of the process. And, and Nigel, you know, here's the thing. It is still fun. I mean, it's still fun for me to go to basketball games. It's been 19 years I've been with the Celtics, um, but it's still fun for us now, uh, five plus years into Sincoro. Uh, we went on a business trip the other day and we went to uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas and we called on a number of our biggest customers and just met people uh, out there. And whenever you give anybody, last night I was with a group of friends and some of them had, and we happened to have some Sincoro, some of them hadn't tasted it. It's so much fun to actually share it with people. I mean, this is work, but it is the most enjoyable work uh, kind of work um, because it, there's something real at the heart of it. And it's, it's, a, it's to share with friends. Yeah, I'm good friends with Cindy Crawford. I've worked with her many times over the years, and obviously, oh, you husband... do? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> never met her. Never met her. Never met her. Right? No. Well, you know, she obviously loves her tequila as well, and is well known to bring it with her everywhere she goes. And I mean, no matter where we've been in the country in her green room or on set or even if we go to a restaurant for dinner after whatever we've been doing if if they don't have it she has it in her bag and she brings it out and has, has them open it and that's all we're drinking right so it, it is something which you know if you're if you love what you do and I, clearly you guys are all here and i was just impressed that you were all going to come on the podcast anyway it shows that you have a love for what you're doing um you know and such a pro process did you have you always loved tequila I just want to ask you that first. Is it something that you've always just enjoyed? I've uh, I've always loved tequila, but not as much as I do now. You know, I love I love Sincoro, and I love what we've created. I love the taste. I drink it like most people drink wine. I'm like Cindy. I drink it with dinner. This is what my drink is. It's tequila or it's water, um, and I love everything about it. Um, yeah, I, I have. I I think this is a different experience for me. That, that it was more of a dare, you know, back in college. Would you have this because it was a different experience? Yes. And it goes from being a dare or a shared experience that that has that requires a lime and salt and and but it you know that shared shared experience is 
turned into something that can be sipped and really savored. So, and, and actually, Michael, and it's our, grown up a little bit. In our one of our uh, early dinners, taught us how to drink tequila. He said, "We're not going to shoot this, guys. Everyone, we're going to chill and we're going to enjoy this moment." And we're uh, and he's the one who taught me how to drink it with an orange and one large rock, and it was a sipping experience and an enjoying experience. In fact, um, last year we sent a, a bottle of añejo, extra añejo to all the founders and we wrote on the back, chill and enjoy this moment because it was a real special saying for us. This was no, it's, it's a, what a great saying. And by the way- And then to some friends, we sent these little tiny, we sent these yeah. little tiny things to some friends. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not a founder. Uh, we're going to get to bottles later on, by the way. Real bottles. <laughs> we're going to get you. We're going to talk all about bottles in a, in a moment. But I you think know, you've got a real one right behind you, Nigel. I do have a real one. This is from the Make-A-Wish. I actually kept my one that I got in my gift bag because I wanted to make sure that, that I had it. Because it's not actually yet available up where I am in upstate New York, which we have to fix that um, mm -hmm. because I, I like to I'm going to go in there and demand that we order it. Um, but, you know, you just you, you also mentioned and I want to there's a lot of things to talk about with this particular um, tequila of yours. But on your process, on your journey, you know, you talked about getting together multiple times and drinking tequila and discussing what you wanted to do. But this was before you had a tequila. So I'm curious to know what other tequilas you were drinking, if you would tell me, on your journey that you would that you were enjoying. <laughs> we're before. not going to do that. <laughs> no, because we specifically said this is nice, but not what we want, not good enough. In a sense, Ooh. we would rather not share that. We would rather say that. There you go. Um, we're very respectful of uh, other tequilas out there, and some of them we really think are quite uh, nice and all of that. But on the other hand, um, we had to go spend five years trying to do something better. So that's a really backhanded compliment, Wick. And I like that. It's very English of you. That's what we would say. We like, there were lots of great, fantastic other tequilas. In fact, it was our drink of choice, but we decided to spend yeah. multiple years making it better. I and, think I'm, I think I am mostly, I think I am mostly English back there. There's a bunch of uh, family names back there, but we settled on Grossbeck. So we're going with that. There you go. Well, it's a good name. <laughs> you talk about tequila as well, sort of historically, and we all, I think every one of us, certainly people of our age, have a, a sort of a bad memory of tequila from back in the day. You know, I remember people, you know, bartenders literally with what looked like sort of gun straps or bullet straps over them with, with, with tequila shot glasses in it. And, you know, they would slam it on the table and there would be a tequila slammer, which was served with champagne and tequila. Right. And it, to your point, it would be rough on the throat and, you know, it was full of sugar and it made you have a terrible hangover. And, you know, actually, my first kiss with my wife ever was a tequila body shot. Right, which is when you lick the neck, put salt on it, put the lime wedge in the girl's mouth, then you take your tequila shot, you lick the neck, do the shot, and then take the lime out of her mouth. And uh, that was our first kiss. And so historically, and I, I know guys, look, I just, wow. I may have taught you something. This may have to be the Newton Coro, like, you know, thing to it, do. It actually, it could be. <laughs> Pretty nice, it works. It's, it's, a, it's a whole new yeah. thing. It could be a whole Valentine special. Call me if you need help. Um, anyway, but, um, you know, there's just, a, you know, it, it, there's a lot of stories and history around tequila. It, when you went, to, when you actually went to Mexico and you started on this journey, what was it like down there? What, tell people, explain to people, because there's, you know, no one really knows. The average person doesn't know. They say, here you go to, you know, you go to Mexico, you go to Jalisco, you go to the area. 
what is what are the people like what are the what are the plantations like what is it what's the experience like yes well um chris can add to this but for me personally um it was just um instant love and it started with the people the people are just absolutely beautiful inside and out they're warm and um loving and open-hearted um we've become such good friends with our partners in Mexico. We go to family weddings, um, they invite us to, um, and they're, again, just very warm, open-hearted, and fun, um, and hardworking. And we have so much respect for um, the industry. Uh, it's, it's just absolutely beautiful. And then when you look at where tequila comes from, the agave plant, it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, uh, uh, Chris has been going down there many more years than I have been going down there and can speak to it as well. But there's just, a, there's a beauty for the industry. There's a, a, uh, an appreciation for the craft. Um, our distillery is a very artisanal distillery. It's very small batch. And uh, our master distiller um, takes such pride and joy in what he does. Um, and he's been doing it for, for decades. Uh, and we, we just, we fell in love. We fell in love with everything about it. Chris, is, is, there, a, is there a snobbery, Chris? Because I, would, I, I say that not in a negative, but in a, in a way where you know, there are so many people who have gone down there and, and, and sort of, and, and, and there are a lot of brands out there which people have either slapped their name upon or it isn't really, hasn't had the process that you guys spent years developing a tequila. It's a sort of rush to market type of scenario. Is there, perhaps snobbery is the wrong word, but is there a, a pride in the tequila business industry down there where they, they're looking to, to create really first class tequilas and, and and tequilas like yours, which, you know, are not necessarily on the sort of lower end of the market at all. Yours is an expensive tequila and it's, it tastes fantastic. But then when you go to buy tequila still to this day, you do see tequilas retailing at, you know, under $30 still and, and around that price point, you know. And, and so I'm wondering what the people in, you know, actually in Mexico, how they feel about those types of tequilas and whether there is a, you know, we keep the best here. Like, you know, if you go to France, they'll often keep the best wine there. They don't ship it out. You know, is that, do you find that in, in, in Mexico too? I don't, I don't think it's really snobbery, but there's only a few distilleries, Nigel, that could really make this type of tequila. These barrels behind me are the, the barrel room where we age our tequila. And the way they age the tequila there gives us these colors and these flavors. And the way they make the Blanco tequila allows it to age this way. So I would say that, you know, in Mexico, the tequilas are sort of separated between the really artisanal boutique ones and the Mexicans. They love those just as much as, as we do. They have a little more access to them down there because there's more of them that don't even come across here. But at our distillery, as Amelia said, Augustine, our master distiller, takes great pride in this and and to go to the to the people part of it they're so humble and they're so genuine and he's a perfect example of this because as we were going through this process as Amelia and the team were they picked him and out of all the distilleries they could have picked they kept narrowing it down to the ones that that could bring the samples that that met the team's standards and Augustine when I think the whole company found out that they were going to be making this tequila for this group the pride was incredible because i got to go down there and see that firsthand with everyone that was working there and they Chris, were can i add on to that i mean that's so perfectly said i, I couldn't have said it better i know that and it 
it feels like the teams I've been around, you know, the, the Celtics teams, you know, people at the top of their game. And, and, and you know it when you see it, and we've had some great players luckily come through and I see them in the NBA, you know, every night. And they're sort of the best. And when you find the best of the best in, you know, in Jalisco, in Tequila, and there, there are many great people, but, you know, we've, we've gotten to be with some of the very best and then we've gotten to team up. And it, it really is a partnership. You mentioned sort of slapping a name on and all that. And that was sort of the exact opposite. I think we, you know, you made that point very, very well. I mean, this is our, part of our life's work really is to try to do this and then try to give back around it. And, um, and, it, and so it's something that actually all five of us just had a, the five founders had a, a, a meeting, a zoom call over the weekend, you know, to discuss everything, you know, we have regular meetings and everybody sort of just brings to that. The energy is we're going to do this for decades. So that's how we feel about it. And we're very lucky that Chris joined us. He's actually spent decades in the business. We're lucky that we have a third generation family owned distillery partnering with us and focusing on us and, um, and, and making investments alongside us with it as a partner. We're very lucky with our glass uh, production family uh, from Mexico City, wonderful, wonderful people um, and, and incredibly skilled. And, and so we're sort of, it's, it's just taking things that have worked up here in sort of the States for all of us. And we're sort of trying to do it overseas and, and we found amazing people and we're making it work. Mm -hmm. And we've got 36 people at the company. Um, right. and, uh, and they come from some of the greatest brands in the industry. And, and I, I think the heart of all of it is the passion to see this go all the way. Um, and, you know, if I had to describe our group using one word, I'd say authentic, uh, because what we, are doing is really from the heart. It's because we absolutely love it. We're passionate about it. I feel very humbled and blessed to have the partners I have and am able to work with uh, my husband, Wick, and Jeannie, and Wes, and Michael. Um, they're amazing, amazing partners, and they're very hands-on. They're very involved. In fact, Michael and I taste every single batch before we bottle. And so at this point, we're bottling um, every other week uh, practically. And so we uh, will do a FaceTime call <laughs> and we'll taste the tequila and make a decision on a go, no go, but it's a lot of fun. And we're also very innovative. We are uh, innovating new liquids. Um, we've been working, Michael and I have sort of taken the lead on creating the new liquid. Uh, we've been working on it for over a year now. Um, we just got a sample that we're tasting through and it's going to be really, really special. It will be a fifth expression. Uh, and we'll likely launch it next year sometime. And it's it's going to be completely unique, like nothing else. Will it come in a miniature bottle? <laughs> no. Let's talk about these miniature gonna, bottles. Never we'll stop hearing about that, Nigel. We're never going to hear the end of the miniature bottle. Never <laughs> anybody out there. If you're ever going to send me samples, they've sent me the miniature ones. Otherwise, no, that's called the play. Nigel now. You're going to become famous. It's like the guy that invented the tuxedo. Yeah, we're gonna those call are collector's items. You, know, you have to admit, Nigel, those bottles are cute. They, they are, are very cute. Again, for those of you who don't can't who aren't, aren't actually watching this and just listening to it, it is literally like a bottle of sort of Chanel number no. five, but one of the so perhaps the not even the parfum, <laughs> the eau de toilette, because it's the bigger bottles. So it's, and it's about diluted. the same. It's about the same price, so that's a good analogy. And you're right. frankly, you're sort of an oversized. You know, uh, you know, it, that's actually a normal size bottle. You're just making it look small. <laughs> you know, my, my, Michael Gordon and I have a lot in common, um, but. Um, <laughs> 
yeah. Before we get to this bottle, this miniature bottle, talk to us because your your actual bottle, this your, your, the bottle that you that your tequila normally comes in is beautifully designed. Yes. Who designed it? What is yes. it meant to be? Yes. Just give us a little talk about that. So our bottle is very unique. Um, so when we were making the liquid, uh, Michael in the background had reached out to Mark Smith who at the time was uh, head of special projects and innovation at Nike and worked on the Jordan brand with Michael uh, designing his sneakers. And so uh, he, Michael had said, Mark, I need a tequila bottle. And Mark said, a tequila bottle? Okay, close your eyes and describe what you see using three words. And Michael said, sleek, contemporary, and unique. And that was the brief. And uh, the, and Michael and Mark created this bottle. And I remember one of our early on board meetings, they came with a computer generated version of this bottle and um, it didn't change very much from the original version. What's very unique about our bottle is that it has five sides to represent the five partners. Our name is Cincoro, Cinco for five and Oro for gold. We set out to form the gold standard in tequila. But what's super cool is if you feel the bottom of the bottle, the punt of the bottom of the bottle actually tilts 23 degrees exactly as a nod to Michael Jordan's jersey number. And then if you look at the stopper, it's an exact replica of the bottle and the st stopper slants down 23 degrees. And if you look at the bottle from the side, it looks like an agave leaf. And something really, really special that not many people know about is if you take 23 bottles exactly, and you line them up head to toe, they form a perfect circle. 23 makes a, of these bottles lined up head to toe forms a perfect circle. And the diameter of that circle is the same as the tip off circle and a center court on an NBA basketball court. Guys, this is what happens when you drink too much tequila. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So or someone clearly got OCD over there. <laughs> All right. All right. And decided to get really carried away. I, I thought that's what sort of happens when you drink, you know, you, I don't know, when you smoke too much or something, but apparently yeah. it also happens and, and, with tequila. Interesting fact, Nigel, if you take a million of those little bottles and line them up, you'd get to Albany, New York, from where you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and um, it probably takes about a million of these bottles just to fill one, by the way. But anyway. Um, what a story. I mean, that's such a sort of genius. I hope Michael paid a little bit extra for all of this to be around him and his number 23, for God's sakes. Uh, you know, far too much presence in this bottle, but it, it, it is a stunning bottle, by the way. It does look great. It does stand out. Um, the height of it is magnificent as well. I, mean, I think it's one of the most attractive bottles I've seen in recent times. Yeah. You know, we, we just were out, as I said, in Vegas and looking at some of the clubs and we, we might need to have permission, but we've got a great little clip and a great little, uh, some stills at least, but maybe there's something that could be posted on your website. Um, you just need to clear it, but you know, but uh, of the bar set up out there and the way they're featuring Sincoro and what it looks like sort of in the wild, um, out there in, in the hottest nightclubs in the world, uh, basically. And I, I'm gonna see if we can clear that and get that posted mm -hmm. because I think it, people really might like to see it. Well, it's such a beautiful bottle. It makes a great gift. Oh, 100%. It looks great on the bar. And we've got a ring around the um, neck of the bottle that says, share truth. Um, and our truth is that we are very authentic and passionate about this tequila. So when you're pouring this, our what we want we've always wanted was to create a tequila that we would love to share with our friends and family and chill and enjoy the moment with them 
with this tequila and that's our truth. And so when you're pouring the tequila, you're pouring it through the ring of sharing truth. You know, we had a, a leading psychologist on the show recently and talking about alcohol and, um, it, and it was very interesting because he has is a book, new book out called Drunk. And actually, one of the things that actually connects people with through alcohol is the fact that it is, in fact, the original truth serum. So when you drink alcohol, people let down their, their, their sort of there's that front cortex part of your, your, your mind, which stops you from doing things. You basically take that out. Alcohol cancels that out and you can't help but tell the truth. Hence, so many business deals are done over a drink because finally people start, you know, opening up and being real. You know, so it's very, it's, it's a beautiful thing that you would have that written there. And it's Nigel during the project, Amelia and I ended up eloping and going to Las Vegas, getting married. So this is all, uh, <laughs> we did. You, know, it, you know, truth be told, uh, we know. did. And, uh, and I did text our partners on the way to Vegas saying we're getting hitched. Come surprise <laughs> in 24 hours and 24 yeah. hours. I gave, we had, we planned it in 24 hours basically. And Michael couldn't switch his plans. I think he was out of town and, and Wes was, I think in the middle East and Jeannie said, I'm coming. Can I bring some friends? And we said, sure. And so she actually ended up signing our marriage license. We've got the owner of the Lakers signing <laughs> our marriage license. That is hilarious. Again, now, the more I hear this story, the more there is, first of all, there is a movie got to be behind this, because right. it's insane. But, but also, you know, look what happens, people, when you dabble in tequila, you know, you end up designing bottles under the number 23, you're eloping, you're all kinds of crazy going on over here, but wonderful stories all the same time. Let's get back to tequila, though, for a second. I'd love to know, because you talk about making this great tequila of yours. Um, Chris, what makes a great tequila. I mean, what, is, is there a principle behind that? There's a few. I would say the providence of the agave and where it comes from, and then the way that the agave is processed into tequila. It can be done quickly in an industrial fashion with a lot of machines that are computer driven, or it can be done in a small batch process where it's really driven by people and process. And for Sincoro, what makes it unique is the Blanco tequila is made from agave from both the highland and lowland regions of Jalisco very intentionally because those agaves acquire different characteristics. They, they, they almost have like terroir characteristics like, like wine does in those regions. And we always get it from the same field. The agave always comes from the exact same field. So if we have highland and lowland characteristics in the, in the agave itself, when we make the tequila, they remain. And so we have sweeter notes from highland agave and we have more earthy notes from the lowland agave. And if you were to, to drink that Blanco next to you right now and, and smell it a little bit, you would, you would taste those, those highland and lowland attributes. So great tequila starts with the Blanco. And then, like I said, we age it in these barrels behind me in a very special way at the distillery to get the colors Amelia was talking about, these beautiful golden hues and the dark amber hues. Chris, let's do this. I've done it. I've saved these tiny little bottles for a long, long enough right now. It is finally time to crack them. And I want to, I've got all four. So you mentioned it. You started with the Blanco. Let's go let's for it. it. I'm opening it here. I'm going to pour a little bit into the glass. Now, this is everybody is not chilled, which is probably the best way to get the full flavor profile. You know um, it is. Nice. So here it is. Just tell here me about it. It. what I'm expecting now. So on the nose, the very first thing you smell is fresh agave. That is like the plant uprooted, the leaves trimmed off it, and the penis sitting there waiting to be cooked. That's fresh agave that you smell. And most tequilas will all have that. 
And then there's some layers of nuance that you'll get. And then as Amelia said, the alcohol note, the smoothness of this is the remarkable feature. Look at your face right now. You don't need a lime and a salt. You don't- What was the like word you just, sorry, what did you just say, Nigel? I just said, it's delicious. <laughs> that's the word. Thank you. That's We're not word. kidding. And the, that's that, a Blanco. Literally, that is 99.9 .9 out of 100, you know, they say literally that word, not even nice or good. They say delicious. Delicious. You know, I have you. tried tequila. I mean, I've tried hundreds of tequilas, if not more. And I've gone to Mexico. I've done the rounds. I've done all the kinds of, and I've been, you know, somewhat of a connoisseur in alcohol for some time. Drinking warm, non-chilled, with just by itself, is it's certainly white, Blanco or silver tequila. You don't, that's not the experience. For most, most of the time, like, oh, I need to chill it. Oh, I need to add this. Oh, I should have that. Or I need to let it sit. Or I need to have a couple more, <laughs> and then it'll taste fine. This straight out, fantastic, by the way, guys. Super Thanks. smooth. But all those things, the smells, all, all this, they're just perfect. They literally hit you in, in just the right way. It's not overpowering, but you can, you, and you can also identify the, the notes. You know, they, they sort of separate, which is beautiful. What are you getting in there, Nigel? What are you, what are you sensing in the notes? I almost sense an, an aniseed. I don't know if, you, if there is any of that in there, but I, I sense that. Tell me, Chris, what am I? What should I be tasting? You might taste some citrus for sure, some lemon and lime um, that comes from the Highland fruit. And then on the nose, you might pick up like some greener notes, almost like a jalapeno. And on okay. the finish, maybe a little sweet coconut. You have a little sweet coconut in your mouth I right now on the finish. The anise, I think, um, I don't, I don't get that. I get more of a mint than a Okay, so, so funny you should say that. I actually thought mint, and then I thought, well, that's not right. It's an, an it's mint. It's absolutely okay. mint. You so pick that's up so the funny. mint. So I actually tasted mint, and yes. I said in my head, it's not, it can't, wouldn't be mint in a tequila. So I thought it would be most likely to be an aniseed, and I said something which I'm not tasting, which, by the way, I'm not a professional taster by any means. I like what I like, and I don't, which is like most people. You either like something or you don't, right? 100%. Don't know it's, why it's or what it is. It's now that we know you like it, we're going to send you a full size bottle. Of meat. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, in which case, let's taste extra immediately. Wait a second. Let's, let's, do, it. let's do it. Let's do it. Let's work our way up. But okay. you know, Nigel, that as you know, the and everybody listening, I think, will know the the heart of, as Amelia said, the heart of every expression is the blanco you just tasted. And, and so that's the fact is getting that right. So important. And then going to reposado going to Anejo, going to Extra Anejo, but you've got to get the Blanco right. And that's what took, you know, a, a lot of the time. Well, why and Blanco versus silver? I'm asking that because for people out there, there is confusion. Some people say, oh, it's a silver. Some say it's a Blanco. Is there a difference or is it just nomenclature? I, I think the preponderance of, of higher-end tequilas that are Blanco often say Blanco, but we're comfortable. If anybody wants to call their silver, that's fine. But we're we're Blanco. And, There's no difference. You know, we, yeah. we, what we like is that, We've had a lot of people try their first sip of, we call it the first taste. It's sort of a hashtag, but the hashtag first taste and what did you think? And we're getting the word delicious, but lots of people would taste it maybe because they've heard of Michael Jordan uh, or, or they've talked to Amelia or met us out in the street or wherever and they'll take a taste. But we've sold, and we're grateful to say this, very appreciative. We've sold a million bottles in less than two years. And that's not a first sip. That's people saying, this is the stuff, let's go. And then they share it with friends and then that bottle goes and then that 
create six more bottles. I mean, it's really happening and we're grateful for it. I mean, we are humbled by it because it's a, you know, uh, but it's, it's, um, it's just nice to be able to say that people love it. One million bottles, people, that is eloping to Vegas to get married. That's what that is right there, I'm telling you. So <laughs> this is the Reposado, which is my normal, my normal, my go-to, and probably is your number one seller, I would imagine. It's most tequila companies, but is it or not? Actually, that's a great question. Um, we are split pretty evenly across uh, Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo, which is quite unusual. Yeah. Most... I believe a lot of tequila companies that have multiple expressions will typically they're lower, you know, they're less expensive expression, the Blanco, the silver sells the most, um, but we're split pretty evenly across all three. Fantastic. So what am, I, what am I drinking here? What am I expecting, Chris? Tell, tell me what you get on the nose right there, Nigel, first. Okay, I will. I mean, I sort of get a toffee, a little toffee. Um, Good call. Mm -hmm. and it sort of has a kind of caramelly kind of flavor to it which is absolutely delicious yeah. just off the top which is fantastic and then perhaps i mean i say vanilla but not really it's very slight if it is it's not like this like some it's like some tequilas are very hit you in the face with it with the vanilla i don't get that i get a just an undertone and perhaps that's where the caramel comes in it kind of softens it completely mm -hmm. very well described that was right on point. the money and it's all from these barrels these are Tennessee whiskey barrels. And so exclusively aging the Blanco tequila in a first time used whiskey barrel is going to give us more of these spice notes that you just identified and, and more pronounced spice. So, so with the, on the tasting it too, I do get a little bit of that spice that you mentioned and it's hard to sort of, I don't know what exact spice it is, but it, it you know, it, it, that, whereas some tequilas are overly sweet, which I hate when that happens, when yeah. they are overly sweet, because obviously, therefore, you can't drink too much of it. <laughs> and when you like something, you want to drink it. And I'm not a sort of a someone who likes to, you know, too much triple sec or any of that. If I'm making a margarita or any of that kind of stuff, is it going to ruin it? But it's I still taste the caramel. I taste the spice, which cuts just perfectly. And zero, by the way, zero burn down the throat. None, not what none whatsoever, which is quite remarkable. So we find that this this makes, and Chris is a master, or he's, I, I guess he's not certified as a master mixologist, but he knows everything you can do with this, but this would be a nice base. People find this akin in some ways to an aged rum or a very nice whiskey, very mellow, you know, expression of a way or an Irish whiskey, you know, it's, a, it's certainly a tequila, but it is, it's got that approachability, but so an old fashioned, I will make margaritas with Repo. I think they, yeah. they really are nice. Um, I have old fashioned one earlier. That's yeah. what I'm drinking. I've been drinking. So I made this with a, a bottle of the repo of yours that I that I actually have um, that I had a little bit left over with. So that's what that was. And I talked about it before you guys came on. But um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, a sort of a fan of a, a margarita, but not with very, very little triple sec. Just a, and by the way, we overage. So the, the minimum to get to Reposado is six months and we overage. We age longer. We age longer for Anejo, which we're about to get to, and maybe you want to pour your Anejo if you'd like, um, up to you. But Anejo has really uh, sort of been our horse since the beginning. We all sort of felt like this one is just one that is going to, you know, and we're so happy that the Blanco and the Reposado are keeping up. But the Anejo is a is a special special thing, and uh, we feel like these days, I mean, it's a luxury item, but it's an affordable luxury because when you take it, you know 
in the glass and you take it for 20 minutes to sip it, it's something that really sort of pays you back in a way. No, absolutely. And this one. See the color difference. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, the color is, is evident. 24 to 28 months versus what Wick said, uh, uh, eight months on the Añejo. So this is two times longer than the rule requires for Añejo, which is a year. And again, very deliberately aging it that long to get these colors and these notes. I mean, it's, it's a sort of, I wouldn't say cleaner smell, but it, it's sort of, it's a, I do feel that that's a kind of not, not a bad description as far as like, you know, I, I don't have, there's no sort of additional alcohol perhaps wafting in my, it feels like I'm just almost smelling a fragrance, which is apropos for the bottle. Um, but um, <laughs> it is, um, it, and again, I, I do, I get the caramel and I, I get the, you know, the, the, sort of the vanilla very maple. much so. Maple, yes. is it? It's, it's, it's repo. It's really caramel. And if you go back right now at the Añejo, you'll pick up, it's really maple and it comes from that extra time in the wood. And then on the finish, the finish on these, as Amelia said, are so long. If you were to compare these to other tequilas in, in their price range right now, that's what you'd find the main difference of. They fall off in a couple minutes. This, this is like a fine cognac and you might have a little dark cocoa on your palate right now. I, I might have a little dark cocoa on my palate right now. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'd have to actually look at my Let's palate. Let's try that. <laughs> but what I can tell you right now is I am so shocked. I haven't tasted this before. Oh, it's so literally good. the first time I'm tasting yeah, it. And I will tell you, I'm, I'm literally salvating as I'm trying to talk to you. That's what I'll tell you. Because it tastes sensational. It really, this is a sort of like a, unbelievable. I mean, I love good whiskey. And I, and I will sit there and, and drink a, you know, really expensive, you know, like you do with your extra, something like night. This, now I know where to go, because this is fantastic. This Anejo is absolutely spot on. Thank Beautiful. You. Now I understand why you say the others need to keep up. Because well, now I think- was, That was our feeling at the beginning. And, and you know what's fun, Nigel? First of all, thank you for your generous comments. I, we know that you mean them and you're not just saying them, but we just appreciate your openness to learning a new tequila or family of tequilas, but imagine taking a bottle of this to a party or giving it to a friend or opening it together or saying, you just got to try this. No, and, and lots of people will say, we don't drink tequila, we had a bad experience. I mean, that's like 30% of the people you talk to, they're like, oh, good for you, no interest. You know, we, we, had a, we have a good friend here in our uh, neighborhood and he's like, I drink, you know, gin and tonic and white wine, that's all I'm ever gonna drink. It's been 40 years, I have 40 more years to go. And by the end of the night, he said, that's it. I'm Sincoro and Ao for the rest of my life. We took him from gin and white wine. But, but sharing this with people is, it was Michael's vision in the beginning and we were sharing it amongst ourselves. And that's what, it, can you imagine like having someone have a first taste? Okay, I'm about to ruin it all, by the way, right now, because I am going to do what you do at the end of the evening, which is <laughs> taste the extra, which I think that problem is, is that, once you taste the extra, there's probably no going back, um, which is really unfair at 1600 bucks a bottle, by the way. It's sort of almost criminal, but I will let you go on this one because I understand you make so few bottles. Um, it's, I, I'm going to just dab it on my wrists, I think, and uh, perhaps just smell it. <laughs> you know what? You can put it on your wife's neck and lick it off. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no lime required. No lime required. Absolutely no salt required either, by the way. I'll say this about these last two. The Añejo is such an exceptional spirit 
not tequila, but spirit. I put it up against some of the finest scotches and cognacs out there for finish. And then with this one, it's really in a league of its own as far as the spirit goes. And the occasion for this one has got to be really well thought through because that's going to evolve in the glass over an hour. It's going to reveal itself like wine. And you really need a nice big Churchill cigar and the right time uh, for that one there. It's very intense on the palate. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I picked up the Anejo and I compared it to the extra and I did it over and over again, just from a smell perspective. And you know, the Anejo has that delicious maple caramel smell to it and perhaps even gives you cocoa on the palate. But um, the, the, this extra, and I can see how you can say it, it doesn't have the same hit as a smell immediately. But to your point, it, as, a, as a fine wine is going to open up over time. And that's very interesting because I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't, and I picked up, you know, here's the Ineo, I smell it, and you can really smell a, a much sort of a sweeter version. So I'm excited to taste it. But to your point, I will also continue to taste this and let you all know how it goes throughout the evening, because now I have my, my, my bottle open, I'm going to be enjoying it. But um, let me taste it right now and just tell you how it is at this point. <laughs> wow. Oh, goodness me. Okay, so that, I want to say it doesn't taste like tequila. Is that that sounds like the wrong thing to no, say? It, but no, I, that's not. It, that's the right thing to say. I mean, I think that it's just a, it's a delicious, fine spirit. I mean, the you guys have a guy Scotland need to be worried because if this is what you can do with tequila in the highlands in the highlands of Mexico, the highlands of Scotland, they've got something to worry about here because this has fantastic. I almost want to say. It has a peaty taste to it. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I almost like I can, I can sense the earth that it came out of. It's almost like the volcano in 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 in, in tequila. Like the, I can sense the volcano in the drink. So which is our water, nice. our water comes. We're right in Tequila Town. That's our distillery, and uh, you know the volcano is right in sort of out back, and the the spring, uh, you know, is on the property of the distillery and is our own sort of special water. Wow. I mean, it is a really sensational drink. So what does this open up to, Chris? Where does this go from here? I mean, obviously, it's only just been opened. What, yep. what would I expect in, say, half an hour to an hour? Well, the, the finish on it will, will start to change as you sip it more and your palate becomes more conditioned to it. But you'll start to pick up like a subtle orange rind. And you might have that on the nose now. And you'll pick up some of those cocoa notes. Um, and then really a lot of wood spice, a little yeah. bit more vanilla. Here's the thing with tequila. It's not like a scotch where the older and the longer it ages, the better it gets. With tequila, there's a bell curve. And after a certain number of years, it loses its agave flavor completely. And then it could be a scotch or a cognac. And you don't want that. And so the art of the master distiller is to blend these together after a certain age where we have the subtlety of the agave left and we have just the amount of wood, it's, it's a real balance to get anything this old in tequila to taste right. That's why there's so little of it. It's no, 40, months, 40 months old. And after 40 months, these barrels are almost half evaporated. How do you keep them? How do you keep it consistent? Because you know, obviously, with the weather and everything else, I mean, you know, you see what you know wines vary dramatically from year yeah. to year. How you know what are you doing to, to keep your product the same? Your liquid blending it. So these barrels, hypothetically speaking, the top three and the bottom three, 
he may use those to make one batch and then he'll refill those or we'll use new barrels and he'll have to come back and test each barrel, make one assembled batch, then tweak it by adding other barrels to get the flavor right, then send it to Amelia and MJ just to make sure that we're spot on the last batch. Amelia and MJ taste for consistency only. It's that we're not dependent on that. But if Michael was like, hey, I've got the batch from a month ago and I've got our current batch and, and there's an issue with consistency, they'll call it out. Their palates are off the chart, but we really don't need it. It's just really hard to blend tequilas that are more than 36 months old. Well, and we, we laid down an astounding amount of liquid and Amelia at the beginning of the pandemic, the hugely unfortunate pandemic um, said, let's lay down everything we can and make sure we're set. Yeah, you know, because the globe, the globe is going, you know, dark and let's just make sure we're, we've got something here. So we have a, an enormous number of barrels that sort of will be used or not, or whatever will happen to them. That's part of the reason, you know, it's, it's hard to come by and it's limited supply. I mean, I just had another sip of the extra and I'm just sort of slightly blown away. I'm, I'm, I'm really in awe. I mean, what, what an extraordinary job what came first, by the way? What, when did you? Because obviously the 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 extra is how old? Forty plus months? Is that correct? Forty to forty-four. Mm-hmm. Forty-four. That 44. came first. Yeah, I'll, I, Chris, I'll answer it. So we we got the profile together, and they this distillery had been laying down their blanco to give a, a, you know for years for three generations and trying different things, and so had ideas that sort of uh, that they could meet us with and say, well, what if we did some of this? And here's this yeast that we haven't used before. This is can be your yeast if you like the way it goes. And so we started laying down uh, uh, Repo and Anejo with early batches of our Blanco, which we then refined. And so we've been blending since to be able to launch our extra um, in 2019. It started in 2016, you know, with some, you know, liquid that they had already laid down, you know, in 2015 or so back then. And we've evolved, but we've, we love where it comes from this yeast, this water, these barrels, this cava. There's an underground cellar at the distillery. And so it, this extra is our extra. And we've laid down our own Blanco for it, you know, starting, you know, in 2016. So we are, uh, and she's laid down. Now we have sort of a year's supply of it uh, aging at any given time. So you said you have a, a fifth um, coming out. Is that a Cristalino? Are we able to sort of guess here? Are you not going to yeah. let me guess? Oh, you, you can guess. Yeah, we you just aren't going to answer. Uh, we, we've been experimenting with <laughs> Cristalinos. I'm not sure if it will end up being a Cristalino. At this particular stage, and the last batch we did is not a Cristalino. So there's a very, 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 very special um, barrel that we're aging it in. Um, it is a Blanco that we're aging in a very unique barrel. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be different. It's going to be very different. Uh, and, uh, I think one of the words we use to describe it will be is, uh, refreshing. Refreshing. And no doubt you'll only make 23 bottles. <laughs> I know we're going to, we'll make, we'll make probably a little bit more than 23, but we're excited about it. Has well, he seen the 175 and extra Nejo bottle? Do we have, I actually have. That's the mothership right there, Nigel. So, I mean, what is that design at the top of it in, in gold? 
This is um, actually, this is our uh, part of our logo. It's um, five agave leaves, so four agave leaves actually. Um, so this is our agave leaf that Mark designed and then he put it into like a beautiful, gorgeous wallpaper pattern that is the shoulders of this bottle. And we're actually- and I think his daughter actually designed that to give her due credit. Yes, I think she did. And um, this is uh, a 175 liter uh, black crystal extra Añejo. We're calling it the Founder Series because this, this you can't really see it, but the one that's um, launching Michael's, in November, Michael's we have signature. all of our names etched on the back. And um, we're making, we made 523 bottles and they're all numbered and they're launching uh, in November next month. And we're super excited about it. Um, and this and sold is sold out uh, already, no doubt. They are actually sold out. Uh, I mean, Vegas and Florida both said to us, "We'll take every single bottle you make." Uh, but they're uh, we're excited to have them. They're going to retail for five thousand dollars. You know, we have some other states I'd like to call out besides Vegas and Florida. California has been great. Boston and New Michigan, York. Michigan, my hometown. But Michigan has gone <laughs> crazy. But you sent a whole tractor trailer, thirteen hundred cases, I think, to. Uh, where was it, Colorado or something that was gone yeah, that, that yeah. second? They said, and send another tractor trailer. Tennessee, Tennessee. Georgia. Um, I mean, North Tennessee, Carolina. the home of, you know, yeah. Jack Daniels. Yeah. And, and who knew they liked tequila? Yeah, no, we've we've really So enjoyed, thank you, everybody yes. who likes it. We've really enjoyed um, visiting all these states and meeting some incredible people. And it's just so much fun when you share tequila with them. And, you, and it's Sincoro and it, something fun always happens. Well, I'm a huge, huge fan. You've got a big fan over here, upstate New York in Woodstock. Um, I've enjoyed your tequila since the moment I tasted it way before I met you. I feel like it was uh, you know, meant to be that I would actually meet you. Because when I first tasted it from one of my friends who's a big tequila drinker, he said, you've got to try this. It's actually really great. Um, and he didn't even know the provenance of, of, of any of the, the team knowledge or any of that. He just said, he's just a big tequila drink. He said, oh, you should try this. It's really good. Um, so here we are right now. Uh, congratulations, really big congratulations. I know it's, it's hard work. It's, you know, even if you love it, it's still hard work, but it's obviously a labor of love with all of you. Um, it, what a wonderful story all around. And, you know, there's nothing better than a drink with a great narrative and a history. You know, I, I love talking about cocktails that actually have a, a history, a story versus just the sort of, you know, the rambling nonsense that sometimes comes around. So really congratulations on all fronts before i let you go i have one last thing that we do on the show called last orders it's very uh, sort of fun simple i've got one question for each of you uh wick i'm going to start with you um it is in the ultimate dinner party of your life you're able to invite three guests who can be dead or alive but they can't be anyone who's here present on this podcast so don't say oh my wife and you and all that kind of stuff i get it we're going to be there whatever or we're not because you don't want us there that's fine but if you were allowed to have anybody else at a dinner party with you next to you sitting with you dead or alive who would they be three who and why <laughs> well i i have been uh, a churchill uh fan and studied english history and and recently there have been comments about social justice and aspects of churchill's life but i will just answer honestly that to meet him i feel that he saved uh really the western world and saved civilization in many ways though he had uh flaws that are being discussed nowadays but with the caveat of that uh churchill comes immediately to mind 
Um, I, I, I've got to say MJ because he is the most compelling, you know, for being the greatest, maybe the greatest athlete of all time, uh, the greatest basketball player for sure. He's also one of the greatest people you'll ever meet and so generous with uh, personally and with everything about this, you know, we're, we don't want anything from Michael. He does. He, he's giving to us. We're trying to give to him. It's just, uh, it's, he's that kind of person and he makes everything fun. And the third one I'm going to, I mean, it would have been uh, Amelia uh, with you as a backup, Nigel, uh, but uh, I'm going to have to think about that. Maybe Cindy Crawford, since you mentioned her. <laughs> wow. You know, and, and by the way, when you can't invite your wife and she's sitting right next to you, it's perhaps not the best idea. To I know. It's, okay. it was, it was, it's the tequila. It's this okay. stuff is, this stuff's okay. <laughs> she seems like a cool, cool woman. <laughs> I, I, I really cool. am going to regret that. But, uh, <laughs> you I probably do. are, but I had this entire time of been thinking just how extraordinarily trusting a man you are to trust your beautiful wife with MJ, by the way, uh, you I, know, I, drinking I, away throughout and you know, trying everything. I was like, my goodness, this guy must know his wife incredibly well, but I'll leave it there. On he that is a complete free bird and she does whatever she wants and she's chosen to be with me. And so we are, uh, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. And, and he's going to forgive you now because you invited him for to, to you at this private dinner party, you know, with Churchill. He's going to love this. Chris, you're next on the chopping block. What is the one liquor you think deserves to either be discovered or have a resurgence? Discovered or have a resurgence. Uh, well, I like Mezcal and it's in our family and it's it's a category that's coming along. And so I, I would love it if people discovered mezcal. And then I also like single malt scotches a lot. That's my other, my other hobby. So there's some single malt scotch distilleries that are out there that have very rare amounts. And, and I would say those would also be on my list. And, and now that you mentioned mezcal, have you just given away what the new Sincura is going to be? Yeah. No, that's no, very quickly, very quickly, that was no. So no, that's not what it's going to be, people. Hmm. hmm. It's Mezcal has to be made in a totally different place in a totally different way. And we're not going there. This is. Yeah, we're not right now. No, that's not right okay. now. You don't have to defend yourself that hard. It's OK. Thou protesters too much. It's all good. Um... Absolutely. OK, final question. And it's the ultimate question we ask every single person on the show. The fight. This is what we always end with. Amelia, shaken or stirred? <laughs> stirred. And why stirred? <laughs> um, because, because I don't know. I just don't <laughs> want to shake it. I think this is just so special. I would just like to stir it very gently because it's just that special and it shouldn't be shaken up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an answer. What an answer indeed, people. And I wasn't even talking about her drink. <laughs> But there you go. It all boils down to tequila at the end of the day, whether you're a shaker in life or a stirrer in life. Um, everybody out there, check out Sincoro. It is fantastic. And if you can get your hands on the extra, then call me up and I'll come around and drink it with you. Um, and um, if you've actually managed to get a bottle that's bigger than a aftershave bottle, also call me because I'm sort of, you know, after one of those as well. Really, congratulations. I can't wait to see what's coming next. Um, send my best to MJ or MG or whatever we're calling him now. And what what fabulous guests you've been. I've never had three people on the podcast. I never let anything go. So I'm going to remind you of all these things forever. And I never forget anything either. But um, what a pleasure. Wick, Amelia, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you. It's, it's been, been, been fantastic. Thanks again, Wick and Amelia. Thank Thanks you. so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening. That is Shaken and Stirred. We will be back next week with another podcast and another fantastic guest. And uh, stay safe. See ya.